Hey everybody, Brian McClanahan here. Are you looking for a great educational website? Then go to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll free of charge. Get a free class, 10 Myths of American History when you do enroll. Look, I've got awesome classes there. Classes on the Constitution, classes on the Civil War, classes on secession, classes on American history. A whole slew of great stuff just waiting for you. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com, enroll, and get a real history education. Do we have more than one founding generation in America? We'll talk about that on this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to be back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title, read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mcclanahanacademy.com. If you're getting this in August of 2023, use the coupon code JACKSON. Get $70 off my latest class, Reading Andrew Jackson. It's an awesome class. You really understand where we are with executive government by getting that class. There isn't an Abraham Lincoln without an Andrew Jackson, for example. But of course, I've got other classes there you can purchase as well. You've already heard about that. You can also support the show by going to brianmcclanahan.com. Click on the support tab. You go to Spotify for podcasters. You can become a member there. You can click on the shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. You can click on the super thanks button under this video if you're watching on YouTube and throw a few pennies my way. But as always... Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast so people know you love it. Share it around on social media. Leave a text review wherever you can. Leave a five-star review wherever you can. That does help get more eyes and ears on the show. Comment on YouTube for the algorithm. And send me those show requests. I do want to see what you want to hear. All right. Well, let's uh, talk about this Jamel Bowie New York Times opinion piece. And it's something I've mentioned on this show many, many times. Look, the Proposition Nation is real. It doesn't matter if you're on the left or the right. This is the problem with conservatives who, who promote this position. They're buying into the, to the left. I've said this before. A couple of years ago when I had a dust-up with Michael Anton, and some people have sent me a, a thing where Anton is teaching foreign policy at Hillsdale College. Uh, and they want me to comment on Michael Anton and Hillsdale College. Look, my problem with Michael Anton is that he believes in the proposition nation. He's a West Coast Straussian. Until these people drop that, until they can come to the realization that if you, if you argue from that position, you've basically conceded the whole field, the whole game, the whole shebang to the left, you're never going to win. You're never going to win because of a piece like Jamel Bowie's. You see, Jamel Bowie's a leftist. He's a smart leftist. He understands some of these things historically what's going on. I disagree with Jamel Bowie, but I also think he's right about some things too. And in this particular case... He lays his cards on the table. He tells you that if you believe the Declaration of Independence and the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence is the most important part, you've just conceded the field to Jamel Bowie. Because if you're a West Coast Straussian and you say, well, look, yeah, okay, we've got equality as a conservative principle. And we get to so far, right? We stop at 1955. Or we stop at 1965. Well, left will say, why? Why do we have to stop there? Why can't we go further? Equality? I mean, what does that mean? Bowie tells you what he thinks it means in the very first sentence of this particular document, this particular opinion piece. He tells you. 
And of course, his point in all of this, he wrote this on July 4th, so it's a little over a month old. He wrote this on July 4th. The point was to say, you know, we don't need these original founding fathers. No, no, no. You know why? Because they didn't really believe what they wrote, which is true, right? He actually supports what I've said. He, this is true. They didn't believe what they wrote. They didn't believe in this kind of abstract equality that the left and the West Coast Straussians talk about. He didn't believe in that. They didn't believe in any of it. Now you can say, well, wait a second here. West Coast Straussians, wait a second. We, we're not saying that. We think it's equality under the law. We think it's equality of a certain point to a certain point, then we have to stop. Well, when you start opening the door to equality, where do you have to stop? Why do you get to pick and choose where you stop? You can't. You can't. Once you start throwing this term out there, well, then it becomes out there. And anybody can use that any way they want. That's the whole point of what we're going to do at the Abbey Institute with the 1607 Project. Which, by the way, if you want to get me four times a week now, I've, I've had to, I can't do five podcasts a week. It's too much. If you want to do me four times, get me four times a week. Then you got to get the Abbey Institute Podcast, the Essential Southern Podcast. Just look that up. Essential Southern Podcast. It's on all the pop podcast platforms as well. And you can get me four times a week there. So this is only three times a week for this podcast, at most, sometimes two times a week. So when you got when you got Jamel Bowie saying, here it is. This is this is the this is the founding. And it's not Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and Patrick Henry and Roger Sherman and John Adams and Sam Adams. It's not them. No, no, no. It's these people. And more importantly, it's Abraham Lincoln. You see, the real founding of America now is not 1776, it's not 1775. It's the 1860s. That's the real founding of modern America, the 1860s. Now, we didn't change the original Constitution. Nope. But what we did, what Jamel Bowie says we did, we used the Declaration to essentially remake the original Constitution, to make it softer, to reform it. That's the whole point. You see, the Republicans told you what they were doing in the 1860s. If anybody paid attention, if anybody listened, the Democrats... Northern Democrats, who people like Clement Vallandigham were saying in 1861, this is going to be the outcome of all of this. We call that lost cause mythology now, but here's Clement Vallandigham of Ohio in a speech on the House telling you what this is. I've got a great class on that at McLean Academy too, Copperheads. Here's what he's telling you. This is what's going to happen, and it happens. We call that lost cause mythology now. The South made all this stuff up. The war wasn't really about what they're, 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 they're making all this stuff up. We got Northern Democrats saying the exact same thing during the war, right? So they didn't make any of this stuff up. They were telegraphing. They were telling you what they were going to do. Dad Stevens told you what he was going to do. Charles Sumner told you what they wanted to do. Benjamin Wade told you what they wanted to do. Henry Winter Davis told you what he wanted to do. They all told you. It was a revolution. And by a revolution, they needed a political revolution, a social revolution, an economic revolution, a cultural revolution. And that revolution was based on the Declaration of Independence. You see, other groups knew this even before the war. You look at the Seneca Falls Convention. Well, the Declaration of Sentiments is modeled after the Declaration of Independence. It's what Joe Biden uses when he says, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal, right? 
He's That's the Seneca Falls Convention. That's the Declaration of Sentiments. It's not the original Declaration. No, no. It's something else. And the, the left-wing groups took this, the progressive groups, reform groups, whatever it is, 19th century reformers, left-wingers, took all of this and made it their own. And then that is what the modern Republican Party, which is the same Republican Party for the 1860s, is looking to conserve. In other words, they're conserving a left-wing revolution. That's all it is. Jamel Bowie understands that, and he's proud of it. And what he's done is basically destroyed the West Coast Straussians. Jamel Bowie is a progressive, a very far-left progressive. And if you, it's it's Larry Schweikert. You go on look at Larry Schweikert. He, Schweikert might as well just be writing for the Democrats. He can sit there and talk about how bad the Democrats are and how bad the Democrats is. And he tries to play that game, Democrats, Republicans. Look, the Republicans were the good guys. Look at all the things the Democrats did. And that's the still Democratic Party. The Democrats have moved to the left. Right? They're far to the left now. The Republicans still are the same Republicans. But we've lost any kind of conservatism in America. And that's not just based on race and all these other things, right? I mean, this, well, well you're just advocating a position of race or whatever. No. The Democrats were the ones who held on to the Jeffersonian vision of limited government, of real federalism, longer than anyone else. The Republicans had abandoned that. Even though in their 1860 platform, they gave lip service to it, they didn't care about it. They wanted centralization of power. This is why when you have Miles Smith, and I, I like Miles, but of course he talks about we need Lincoln, right? We need Lincoln. Lincoln is the real key to understanding conservatism America. No, 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 no. He's a disaster for American conservatism because Lincoln is the pathway to the modern left. They love him too. They love him more than, than what people realize. Now, we know the 1619 Project and others will criticize Lincoln's views on race and colonization and these things. He's a useful vehicle because there's other people they can talk about, like Jamel Bowie says. There are real founders like William Lloyd Garrison and Frederick Douglass. These are the real founders of America. These are the real people that were out there doing the real work of the American founding. The real ideology of America. The real idea. When Joe Biden says America is an idea, and he gets on there and he does that. An idea. This is what he's talking about. This is why it's a disaster. This is why anytime you start saying that we have a proposition nation, Vivek Ramaswamy does it. Of course, that's a disaster. If you're going to do it, uh, well, then you've just given, you've again conceded the field to the left. Ron DeSantis. Donald Trump, they're all doing it because they don't understand how dangerous this is for their own positions. They think they can win on this. So they just say, well, the Republicans are the one that did this, and so everyone's going to vote Republican. That's not it. I've talked about this. The Democrats have the bigger bowl of candy. Republicans are saying the things they think are going to win, but they've got a small bowl of candy. Democrats got the best stuff on the street. Republicans aren't offering that. That's the whole point, you see. So here we have America as an idea best expressed by Jamel Bowie in this July 4th piece. So let me read it. It's not long, but it's really interesting in what he says. He says, Read today, the Declaration of Independence is a freedom document. Read today. It stands for absolute human equality. 
represents the highest ideals of the American Republic. Now, look. It stands for absolute human equality. That would have been news to the people that wrote it. See, Bowie actually gets into that. He knows that's the case. They didn't believe that then. I mean, people like George Washington would use phrases like human rights and Jefferson would talk about these things. They didn't believe it. Not like Jamel Bowie does. Not in the communist sense. <laughs> Not in any of that. But that's what Bowie believes it means. The highest ideals of the American singular republic, right? In that one sentence, Jamel Bowie has told you, he's laid his cards on the table. That's what he believes. You know who else believes that? The West Coast Straussians too. They do. Just read their stuff. You know who else believes that? People like Dinesh D'Souza. They all, when, they're the same branches of the Lincolnian, or they're different branches, I should say, from the same Lincolnian tree. Once you get there, now it's just, well, how far should we go? And the left is always going to win that one. The right can't win it. They can't win. They won't win. They've tried for years. And what happens? The left just keeps going and going and going, and they'll ultimately win. So Bowie says, on July 4th, we celebrate it, meaning the highest ideals of the American Republic, absolute human equality, as much as we celebrate independence itself. In fact, I would say that this is what the left wants to celebrate more. It's what the whole point of Juneteenth is. It's about an idea. It's not about the document, independence. No, no. It's not a secession document anymore. It's not an independence document. It's a document of American ideals. You see, it used to be what you had when people lefties taught the Declaration. They would say, well, we got this line here, all men are created equal. They didn't believe it, so we're going to trounce the Founding Fathers. And basically, Bowie does that too. But he says, you know, there were people that did believe that. And those are the people that are the real Founding Generation. But as scholars like Pauline Meyer and Gary Wills have made clear, this relative consensus on the meaning and significance of the Declaration is the product of political ideological, and social developments over time. Exactly right. See, Bowie has recognized, and he's, he's, he's 100% correct in this, and he's admitted that their, their position on the Declaration is not the original founding position on the Declaration at all. That their position on the Declaration is something else. So if we're going to go with the Founding Fathers, we're going to talk about the Founding Generation, well, then all, and see what the West Coast Straussians would do. Say, wait a second here. We got all these people saying the same things. You know, we they said this, they said that. That's pointless. It's unproductive. They didn't believe it the way that Jamel Bowie believes it. And so it doesn't matter. And we shouldn't even be arguing with their terms on their field by their rules. Because that means we lose. Then he has a quote, During the first 15 years following his adoption, Meyer writes in American Scripture, which is actually a very good book, the Declaration of Independence seems to have been all but forgotten, particularly within the United States, except as the means by which Americans announced their separation from Great Britain. So in other words, here we have the Declaration of 1776, right? 17, what, 91? 1791. 
The way people talk about the Declaration is simply as a separation from Great Britain, not these lofty ideals of equality and all these other things. They didn't talk about that at all. It was mentioned here or there. Sure, people mentioned it. Some people did, but it wasn't a motivating factor for just about anyone except for this is our independence. We had our independence. She's right about this. Except by which Americans announced their separation for, from Great Britain. It was a secession document. That's how people spoke of the Declaration in the early phases. It wasn't until later that people started taking it and running with it in some ideological construct. In fact, Bowie says that. The Declaration, as we understand it, was forged by struggle. Not the struggle with Britain. No, no, no. Not the struggle for independence. But the struggle within the independent United States. Now, of course, notice what he's done there. Not the independent states, but the independent United States. The singular polity. He's ignored what the United States really was. But the struggle within the independent United States for freedom and equality against the weight of the Constitution and the American political system. You see, the Declaration was forged by struggle. The title of this piece is actually The Enemies of Slavery Gave New Meaning to the Declaration of Independence. You see, it's all about slavery. That's what the Declaration really is. No. The Declaration is we understand it. And really what he's saying here is the left and the right. He is saying that. Because the West Coast Straussians believe this exact same thing. It's not for the struggle of independence. It's not the last paragraph of the Declaration which says, you know, we therefore, and I'm going to paraphrase, declare that the United States are free and independent states. That as free and independent states, they have right to do all the things that free and independent states may have right to. Right? So this is not the most important part. Not the secession from Great Britain. No. It's that second paragraph in about one line. You realize how stupid that is in many ways. To reduce a document to one line. All the other things taken away, taken out of it, taken out of context and everything else. That's what we do though. It's a document that shows the struggle for freedom and equality against the Constitution and the American political system. In other words, against structural racism. You see, this is what, what Bowie has just done here. Now, the West Coast Straussians say, no, 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 you put them together. This is where uh, you know Anton wanted to zing me. Well, I said the Declaration wasn't important. Well, wait a second. It's one of the core documents of America. Look at this. It's right here in the core documents of America. It's a foundational document. Here it is. This is in the register, federal register. It says it right here. Has no weight in a court of law. Really? Well, what do I do? It's because it's a federal register. Well, why is that? <laughs> why would he even have that? Well, because the lefties took it. right? But it really, it's not a legal document at all. But you see, it fights against the structure, the structural problems of America, which is the Constitution. As you might imagine, the key that shaped our understanding of the Declaration was the fight to end slavery. It was a fight to end slavery. 
Now, there are some conservative historians who would go ballistic over this, the next line. And I know them. They would have a real problem with this. The anti-slavery movement was not, the historian Alexander Thesis writes, a creation of the revolution. There were people, oh, no, no, wait a second here. That's not true. That's not true. I mean, you got people like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. They started talking about slavery and all these things to end slavery. This was a real part. I mean, you got, of course, Massachusetts. What do they do? Well, I don't know. What do they do? John Adams tried to write a pro-slavery constitution. He didn't get that, so he wrote one that wasn't explicitly pro-slavery that eventually a court said was anti-slavery, but certainly the states weren't abolishing it. I mean, not through... Uh, not from the revolution. There was some talk, talk about it. Eventually it would happen in the northern states relatively soon after the American War for Independence, but uh, there was some discussion of it. But Bowie would say it's not a creation of the revolution. And again, conservatives would go ballistic over this. Conservatives would go ballistic over this. But this is actually true. The conser conservatives at the time weren't interested in disrupting the entire order of America. They weren't. And, to the, and at the time, that was part of the order of America. So then Bowie says, nevertheless, the ideology of the revolution, the ideology of the revolution. So this is an ideological revolution. It's Lewis Hart's. It's a left-wing revolution, right? The ideology was inspirational enough to hearten black petitioners, soldiers, and litigate, litigants to protest against the resilience of hereditary bondage. And that movement, as well as those in its spawn, the Declaration of Independence would stand, in the words of the historian David Bryan Davis, as a touchstone in sacred scripture for opponents of slavery. There's nothing incorrect about that statement. The abolitionists did take the Declaration as a foundational document of America. That's what they used it as. I mean, this became their key to show that the institution was wrong. Now, we can agree with that, or we, we can look at that and say, well, okay, you can get that out of it. But we know that the people that wrote it didn't look at it that way. Jefferson did try to include a clause that would have blamed slavery on the British Empire that was stricken by South Carolina, essentially. And we know that we had an uneasy union here. We had people in the we had states in the South that were much more invested in the institution than those in the North. And there was some tension because of that. In fact, if you look at the Massachusetts Ratifying Convention, they were not very happy about being in a union with slave owners of South Carolina. It was said that, well, we have a federal system. South Carolina can be South Carolina, and we can be Massachusetts, and that's the way it's going to work. It wasn't until you start getting some type of cultural imperialism that you start seeing how this stuff changes. But David Bryan Davis is correct. This is how they used it, sacred scripture. Examples of this use of the Declaration abound. As early as 1776, we have a pamphlet by, uh, uh, by Mr. Haynes, a free black congressional, congregational story minister in Vermont, titled Liberty Further, Liberty Further Extended, excuse me, or Free Thoughts on the Illegality of Slave Keeping. It begins by quoting the Declaration of Independence, and then embracing the language of natural rights goes on to assert that, quote, an African has an undeniable, undeniable right to his liberty. Consequently, the practice of slave keeping, which so much abounds in this land, is illicit. So here you're citing 1776. You have a free black congregational minister in Vermont. Vermont, by the way, was a state which banned slavery from the beginning. 
but you have a free black congregational minister, congregationalist minister, saying this is illegal and using the Declaration as the basis of that. This is where Bowie said we have two sets of founders. We have the founding fathers, and then we have all the other people. We're the real founders of America because this is how we think of the Declaration now. Those are the real founders. You see what he's very subtle, but that's what he's trying to do. Although he does not directly quote the Declaration, the author of Sermon on the Present Situation of the Affairs of America in Great Britain, who identified himself only as a black Whig, seemed to echo the American Independence Document in 1781 when he wrote, quote, Next to life is liberty, and when oppression and tyranny are violent, they cause the parties oppressed to make some resistance, let them be ever so feeble. From here he asked the American revolutionaries to follow their own fight for freedom with the emancipation of the slaves. And now, my virtuous fellow citizens, let me entreat you that after you have rid yourselves of the British yoke, that you will also emancipate those who have been all their lifetime subject to bondage. End quote. So, the important thing is, though, these things were ignored. Right? Nobody believed that's what was happening here. You see, it wasn't an ideological revolution. In fact, what Bowie is, is implicitly recognizing is that the American War for Independence was not an ideological revolution. That came later. That was a different kind of revolution. In other words, the American War for Independence was a conservative revolution. It maintained the order that was already existent by simply getting rid of the British, the British king, the British parliament. That was the real, real American War for Independence. White abolitionists and other opponents of slavery also made use of the Declaration, their legal and rhetorical assaults on human bondage. This is true. It was repeatedly declared in Congress as language and sentiment of all these states and by other public bodies of men that we hold these truths to be self-evident and that all men are created equal, wrote the pseudonymous author Crito after the ancient Athenian companion of Socrates in 1787. The Africans and the blacks in servitude among us were really as much included in these assertions as ourselves, he continued. And if we have not allowed them to enjoy these unalienable rights, we are guilty of a ridiculous, wicked contradiction and inconsistence. Again, these are people writing in the 1780s, 1770s, but this position was generally ignored. Heck, Connecticut cut a deal with South Carolina to create the Union by ignoring the issue. Right? They didn't want to deal with this. They didn't even, it wasn't about that. You could have these things discussed, but not at the federal level because the states were going to, we had a union. And we had states that had different views on this topic. The other thing that's important, of course, is when New England went through an, or a, an emancipationist or an abolitionist period, abolitionists were hated in New England. In fact, you saw some of the most ardent pro-slavery rhetoric used in New England in the 18, 1830s. As early as, you know, early 18th century, John Saffin writing his first pro-slavery American treatise in America, right? Um, he's from Massachusetts. He's a Protestant minister there. And so this is where a lot of this stuff comes from. As the 18th century progressed into the 19th, a new generation of abolitionists would marry reverence of the Declaration with fiery contempt for the Constitution. You see, what is, what is Bowie doing here? Well, the Declaration is our real founding document, not the Constitution. The Constitution is structurally problematic. And this is what he says throughout all of his pieces, essentially. He hates the Constitution. He thinks the Constitution is structurally problematic, it doesn't need to be there. We need to abolish a lot of parts of it, go to something else, and use the Declaration as the key. 
This is what I've said. This is what I said in 2021 that got Michael Anton all hot and bothered because I attacked the West Coast Straussians in the 1776 Commission Report, which is garbage. Bowie would think it's garbage too, but he would actually agree with many of the premises in it if he would just be intellectually honest. The duty of every American is to give his sympathy and aid to the anti-slavery movement, declared the Garrisonian abolitionist Wendell Phillips in 1847. The first duty of every citizen is to devote himself to the destruction of the Union and the Constitution, which have already shipwrecked the experiment of civil liberty. Now again, Wendell Phillips, to destroy the Union. <laughs> to destroy the Union. Here's Wendell Phillips in 1847 saying we need to destroy the Union. But why does nobody talk about that? It's just about the South. No, no. These abolitionists want to wreck it. You can, in fact, you could say that when the South leaves the Union, the abolitionists who sided with, with uh, coercion were doing it to destroy the original Union. They knew exactly what was going to happen. These guys are out. We can't have them exist, though. So we have to get rid of them and take... That's our land. They can't leave with it. They can, they can leave, but they can't... they got to leave us their land... So that's ours. So we're going to destroy the Union. We're going to reconstruct it in our vision. It was out of the wreckage of the Union that the nation would see a state which will unfold in noble proportions the principles of the Declaration of Independence, whose promises made us once the admiration of the world. The wreckage of the Union. Wendell Phillips, what's going to emerge is a state. Now it could be a political state or just a state, uh, you know, a state of being. Noble proportions, the principles of the Declaration of Independence. So we're going to have a new United States based on the Declaration. You see? How does the right win that? They can't when you got this kind of stuff. They can't. Of course, Frederick Douglass famously wielded the Declaration of Independence as a freedom document. It's the denunciation of American hypocrisy over slavery. Uh, Douglass also, though... It's interesting how Bowie uses Douglas here, because Douglas believed that the U.S. Constitution was an anti-slavery document, whereas Bowie has the Garrisonian position that it was a pro-slavery document. I would say it was really neutral. I mean, this is the point I've made over and over. It was neutral, for the most part. The states could do what they wanted. It was neutral. But you take it one way or the other, that becomes ideological. With a return to the declarations of the past or the professions of the present, the conduct of the nation seems equally hideous and revolting, Douglas said in, in What it, to the Slave is the Fourth of July. America is false to the past, false to the present, and solemnly binds herself to be false to the future. By the way, I talk about that speech in uh, one of my classes at McClanahan Academy, uh, 26 Speeches That Changed America. I talk about that particular speech because it is important because of people like Jamel Bowie and how much emphasis they put on it. It has become, in many ways, as important to the left as the Gettysburg Address. That speech. It's very important. In Lincoln at Gettysburg, Gary Wills observed that Abraham Lincoln was able to achieve the loftiness, ideality, and brevity of the Gettysburg Address because... He had spent a good part of the 1850s repeatedly relating all the most sensitive issues of the day to the Declaration's supreme principle. If all men are created equal, then they cannot be property. Of course, Gary Wills also recognizes that Lincoln, this is his line, revolutionized the revolution. In other words, he was making it up. He understood that the Declaration was not what he said it was. And even 
Bowie admits that. He says, this is true. Lincoln played with the central ideas of the Declaration as he, as he understood them for much of the previous decade. Not as the founding generation understood them. Not as Americans understood them in the 1780s, 1770s, 1790s. No, no. Not as a general consensus. As he understood them. We see this when he challenged Stephen Douglas's assertion that its signers meant men of European birth and European descent when they declared the equality of all men. Right, so as Lincoln saw them, as a certain segment of the population saw them, in other words, as Wells observes, when he revolutionized the revolution. But Lincoln was also not working in a vacuum. His use of the Declaration of Independence should be situated within the larger context of the Anti-Slavery Declaration, deployed by abolitionists and anti-slavery proponents, black and white. Right? He wasn't working in a vacuum. His use of the Declaration should be situated within a larger context of anti-slavery documents and anti-slavery men. In other words, Lincoln is a new founder. These abolitionists are the new founders. Garrison, Douglas, Phillips, take your pick. These people are the real founders, not the founding fathers themselves. And eventually, essentially, that's what Bowie says in his concluding statement. He says, it's no surprise that on Independence Day, most Americans look back to the founding fathers as they celebrate and articulate the nation's ideals. It's no surprise people do this, but it's wrong because what we actually celebrate is something else. He is 100% right about that. We celebrate the founders. We're not going to celebrate leftism. It can't. It has to be something else. The story of the changing meaning of the Declaration should be a reminder, however, that we need that we had more than one founding and far more than just one set of founders. Well, this is what he wants to emphasize. He's 100% correct about this. He wants to take focus away from the original founding fathers, the found that founding that the men that wrote the Constitution, the Declaration. No, no, go to the people that expounded upon it. Those are the real founding. And we have more than one founding. We have the 1860s. We have what Eric Foner is calling that. We have the 1860s. That's the new founding of America. So all these things work together. This is why I've said that you know, the, the West Coast Straussians, the proposition nation theologists, they're really wrong in this because it plays right into the hands of Jamel Bowie and they lose that argument. All right. Hope you enjoyed this week of the Brian McClanahan Show. I'll see you next week. If you want to get me four times a week, go ahead and go to the Essential Southern Podcast. Look that up. You can get me there as well with the Abbeville Institute, but I'll see you next week. See you then.